0: What does motion sound like? With Kizik Han's free shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks.
1: On today's episode of the Bolts broadcast, a season in review. Stay tuned. Season 4, episode 58 of The Bolts broadcast. Mike Mitchelson and Chase Groshaw with you today. Chase, how are you on this lovely Thursday afternoon?
0: I am doing just dandy. I'm just kind of chilling. It's nice weather out today. I was able to to drive with the windows down while running out on about. So that was pretty fun. How about you?
1: Uh, It's a gorgeous day over here in uh, Indianapolis. The sun's a little hot, though. It's 68, but when that sun's really beaming... Uh, a little toasty, and I got to say it's been a productive day. Already got the workout in for the day. Already got dinner ordered. Um, unfortunately, the roomie was feeling hibachi, which I know is not the healthiest thing. Which uh is gonna, you know, maybe maybe go against what I'm trying to do this May. But you know what I do? I just eat half instead of the full thing. There we go. There you go. So there it's been go. a been a good day. Work done. Workout done. About to be podcast done and it's going to be a good one because we're going to do a little season in review go over Tampa as a whole what did they do this year what do we expect them to do next year and kind of kind of look at everything that uh, has to do with the Tampa Bay Lightning we're also going to review the other series after the commercial break talk about those we got back to back four goal performances obviously different players but we'll be talking about that, and then of course the Calder Trophy finalists. But before we do that, a little sad news.
0: Yeah, I just wanna send our condolences to Peter Klima and his family. Has you know, or P- Peter Klima, he passed away earlier today, age of fifty eight. Uh, you know, one time Tampa Bay Lightning original draft pick by the Detroit Red Wings, played over seven hundred NHL games, was a very good player, one of those first uh, Europeans to kind of. You know, b- break that iron curtain, come over play in North America when you know those those more Eastern European countries like Czechoslovakia, like Russia. You know, there wasn't too much of of, of that. You know that that trans you know Atlantic uh, transition. I guess so. You know, one of the original guys to do that had had a very successful NHL career. Um, and you know, has two sons that are currently playing pro hockey, both over in Czech, if I'm not mistaken. But um, recipes to Peter Klima. Um, you know, just thinking about his family at this time, a very difficult time. It was was an unexpected passing. So be sure to keep them in your thoughts prayers.
1: Yeah. Very sad. Way too young. And like Chase said, thoughts and prayers, the Klima family. Uh, Let's now move into our full season in review for Tampa. And uh, I'd, I'd love to say that we are going to be very positive for this season in review. I mean, two years ago, Coming off of back-to-back Stanley Cup championships, it was easy to be positive about this team. Uh, Last year, they had a great postseason, just felt a little bit short to Colorado. And then this year, the regular season didn't really go as planned, as well as the playoffs. We know we did not plan to go out in six against Toronto. So let's start taking a look at the team. Let's start with the regular season, Chase. We had higher expectations than them sitting third in the Atlantic, I think it's also fair to say we had lower expectations for Boston, but in general, we thought Tampa should have been a little bit better.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, coming into the year, I thought there was going to be a legitimate contender, maybe favorite to win the division. And, you know, e- even if that were the case and they had a few more wins, like Boston is still still running away with it. That it didn't even matter. So that conversation is kind of a moot point, but you definitely would have liked to see, a little bit better performance, maybe. Um, at least get them in a position to have that home ice advantage in playoffs, which as we know, they did not this year. And you know, as we know, things did not go their way. But overall, I mean, you can still see the talent, there was a lot of down stretches more than the previous years, and you know, that, that's definitely attributed to a fatigue well, at least a bit because of you know, you got to remember all these players, they've played a lot of hockey the last three years, they've Celebrated two Stanley Cups, you know, it's, it's all all catching up and it's hard to just keep that rolling. So it's not a surprise that, that this happened in the way it did. It was bound to, you know, happen at some point. You weren't sh- just going to keep winning, go to the cup finals every single year. So as a whole, um, you can be a little underwhelmed based on expectations that we had. You know, you, you want them to be a 50-plus win team every single year, but it's still not too bad of a season, just generally speaking.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about some of the players here in a second about guys that kind of surprised us and then guys that underwhelmed as well. But when you look at the team overall and kind of their deep analytics, I mean, we're top 10 in goals for which you love to see. Uh, Goals against, that's kind of where we took a little bit of a hit. Um, So we're pretty middling. Uh, We weren't the Boston Bruins, who are 177 goals against the whole season. Uh, which is wild, but at the same time, we weren't the likes of Columbus who gave up 330. Uh, We're sitting at 254. A little bit higher than what we've seen in prior seasons.
0: Yeah, it's, you know, because we we have, you know, a world-class goalie, you know, probably the most talented goalie in the world in Andre Vasilevsky. so, you know, so many years that even if the team maybe wasn't like the strongest playing the best, he, he was able to kind of kind of carry him and do his thing. But the year this year was, uh, you know, a little bit down for him, still, you know, very respectable numbers. It wasn't like he was, you know, really struggling, but then, you know, back up Brian Elliott, he did not have a very good year. His numbers were bad. So that helped, or I should say that that definitely impacted those overall numbers. Um, Yeah. We, we need Vassie to be better in the future. We need, uh, you know, a better backup going forward. You just got to kind of hope that, in uh, that, that it becomes a little more sturdy next season and the guys in front of them in terms of the decor. Um, you know, a couple different faces in and out. Um, you know, maybe not as much talent in the last couple of years just based on salary cap numbers and how it's going to work. But, um, you know, had some guys step up, just going to need guys to kind of continue stepping up.
1: Yeah, and one thing that differed from the regular season to the postseason is when you're looking, regular season, home record of 28-8-5. and five. Away, 18-22-1. A much more prolific team when we are at home, when we are in Tampa. When you look at the postseason, our only two wins against Toronto came in Toronto. All three games at home were dropped. So, uh, that is something that obviously sticks out to me. When you have such a polar opposite shift, it's a little bit jarring just to see because of how good Tampa was at home in the regular season. And they just couldn't capitalize it on in the postseason.
0: It it was definitely weird, but you know, it's not just Tampa in that aspect. Um, There was an abnormal amount of road wins in this playoff series or playoff year, I guess, compared to normal years in the first round. So it's not like it was just a Tampa thing. It it was kind of as, as a whole, the league was a little bit weird about that, but it definitely is surprising to see a seismic shift of, of, you know, of that nature because the, that really seemed like a whole ice advantage was truly a thing for us. And once playoffs came, you know, it really didn't matter. And playoff hockey, you can throw the book out the window. It's completely different than regular season hockey. So you you can kind of understand where that's coming from, but still, nonetheless, it it definitely is surprising.
1: Yeah. And when you're looking at the playoffs, who are some guys that kind of stepped up, but then obviously there's, there's guys that underwhelmed because of how poor the postseason did go for Tampa.
0: Yeah. And, um oh my gosh sorry my, my app's freaking out on me but yeah it, you know it, it was definitely um you know so some guys that, that didn't perform and you know this one isn't his fault he just didn't get to play in very many games eric Chernock obviously didn't get to play so that you know that made a big difference in, in our game he could have helped out quite a bit um and you know in terms of the back end i would i, I would have liked to see both sergey and had just step up an extra notch now that they were terrible or by any means but like you know they had that extra extra gear in them. It would have been nice to see that happen. Um, you know, seeing some more of the depth guys like the the Nick Pauls or you know the Tanner Janos, Um, You know, like that that's the player we'll talk about more down the road. Seeing them step up would have been much better. Um, but you know, up front, generally the guys you expected did for the most part what they needed to do. Um, but it just it, it kind of wasn't enough.
1: Yeah, it's it was really unfortunate because it felt like obviously with no Chernock you got to have someone on the defensive side step up. And I think Nick Perbix surprised a lot. He played well during the postseason. But there was just so much inconsistency in that back end, and it felt like Vassy wasn't confident in the back end and wasn't confident in his own game, which shows when you look at his numbers in the postseason. So it was a tough season for uh, – or a tough postseason for Tampa, a – I would say a little bit underwhelming regular season, but still they made playoffs. They were comfortable making their way into playoffs. Um, But we're hoping with a little bit of rest, they're going to be able to come back stronger and better next year. So let's talk about some individual players now rather than the whole team. Uh, Obviously, you got to start with the most important award in sports and uh, at least individual awards in sports. And that's going to be your MVP. So who do you have sitting as Tampa's team MVP?
0: I don't think this should be much of a discussion. Yeah, he wasn't the leading goal scorer. You know, Brayden Point had a fantastic season for the puck of the net. You know, it broke that 50, that 50 mark. But Keita Kucherov had him beat by 18 points, 82 games, 30 goals, 83 assists, 113 points. Like Kuch had a absolutely fantastic season. He's like wine; seems to be getting better with age. He really does look better and better every single year to me. And you know, he was he was ripping the puck around um, in these playoffs as the best he could. And you know, I I thought he played well. I kind of carried over his regular season performance, and he really was one of the biggest reasons that that this team was able to go as far as it did. Because you know, say he wasn't performing you know at, at that level like say you know if he even had 20 less points they lose an extra five six games potentially maybe, maybe even more he, he made such a large impact if, if he weren't in the lineup then we would have seen things definitely go differently this year
1: yeah and I gotta agree with you Nikita Kutrov, it seems like we continue to bring his name up every time we're talking about this category for the team he's continued to be that best player for Tampa year in and year out and you mentioned his stats I mean 50 power play points like he is one of the most lethal weapons out there when it comes to not only five on five, but the power play as well. And you don't really see guys make as much of an impact as Nikita Kucherov does on the power play as you know, he's on the same level as prime Ovi. When he was taking those one shots uh, off on the left side, so Nikita Kucherov really just an offensive dynamo. Maybe his plus minus wasn't exactly stellar, but Nikita Kucherov is not a guy that you bring in for his defense. You bring him in to be a top three offensive weapon in the league.
0: Yeah, and you know a lot of that plus minus got to keep in mind is because of all the power play points. And I I see people say. They, oh, he's just hes just uh, a power play guy. He's not an even strength player. Well, like not, not just for him, but for people in general that score a lot of the power play. Like McDavid gets a lot of this criticism, too. But who cares? It's even better if they have the man advantage and they can capitalize on it. Great. You st- it's still a goal. You still win the hockey game. I don't care if it's 5 5 power play, shorthanded. It, it doesn't matter if you can score the goals, if you can set up points or set up the goal, get grabbed points, win the hockey game. Like, that's... That's kind of what matters here. So any argument saying that, you know, the power play points don't matter and that the plus minus is bad with those points, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's not a, not a fair argument for me.
1: Absolutely. Let's not go to most improved player. Uh, This is one where uh, you could look at a couple of guys. I personally have a a pretty heavy favorite in this category, but this is always an award I like to look at because from year to year, if you have players that really step up and help you out, then your team likely to go further.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, for me, in terms of the most improved guy, uh, I, I would have to say easily Brandon Hagel. Yeah, he came in last year. Yeah, like you know, gave, gave up a Hall him in a trade, and the the return or that like we kind of got last year was a bit underwhelming he, he didn't do much in regular season um wasn't producing as much in playoffs as he kind of hoped to either with that return or with that price i should say but much better regular season end up getting 64 points combined that with 30 goals um played a very strong game all over the ice um you know he had a very quality plus minus, if I'm not mistaken, he led the led the team in that in that uh, category as well. So he had a very very strong year. Um, I, I'm I'm happy with the steps he took, and you know he's still a young guy. He can still even take a couple of steps forward. Uh, I guess we'll we'll kind of see what happens here.
1: Yeah, Brendan Hagel had a huge step up for me. I mean, last year I was kind of ripping GMJB a little bit, and you know, not that Brendan Hagel wasn't a really good player over with Chicago, but he just Didn't do it for Tampa. He only had seven points through 22 games uh, during the regular season. And then through the 23 games of the postseason, only six. He was really struggling. Couldn't find his groove with us last year. This year, like Chase mentioned, 64 points in the regular season. We saw him put up five points through six games in the postseason. So this is the guy that 24 years old, you look at how much better he played this year around the guys. Maybe we can see him step up even a little bit more next year and he can really become a prolific player for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, as long as he can be a solidified top six guy, it makes that return or I keep saying return. It makes the uh the price given up for him feel a little bit better. Um, and if you go on and win championships, and obviously it doesn't matter what you gave up. If if it's a player that helped you win a championship, then like you can give up whatever the hell world that you want.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's now look at breakout player. Do you mind if I take this one? Go for it. I got to go, Nick Purvix. Uh, This was not a guy that I expected to come in and be a day-in, day-out, reliable player for us, but he was absolutely that. Uh, it's something where you see Eric Chernock, he had some injuries during the regular season, obviously had some during the postseason, so having a guy like Purbix step up, 20 points through 69 games nice and then of course had a nice plus minus as well perfects was a surprising steady piece for tampa on the back end
0: yeah 100 agree and it's between him and brand hagel i know brand hagel kind of got that last horde most improved but it really was a breakout year for him and, um like with tampa that's like the, you know the team themselves so you can go either or. Um, I'm happy with both. We already talked about Brandon Hangle a bit, so uh, you know, let's say we give this one to Nick Perbix, and I've got no problem with that at all. And just going to kind of echo a lot of those similar sentiments. We, coming into the year, I, to me, kind of seemed like using me. Guy I spent the year in the minors, play a couple games when needed, We go up and now we'll see what he does next season. But. Sure enough, came in, played a very sturdy, reliable, solid role, getting, you know, legitimate ice time every single game, played well. Um, I think he played played pretty composed, did, you know, did what was asked, uh, you know, the best of his abilities in playoffs. Um, you know, it's obviously a hard one. He's at up taking an even bigger role than he was doing before different type of roles as well with uh, Trinok out of the lineup, but you know, did a good job of kind of holding down that, that right side. Um, you know, really it was really only him and Darren Radish that were like the right handed demon in that playoff. So um, that were, were any trustworthy, I should say. And Darren Radish still, he was, he was just a young guy, but that's beside the points, completely different conversation, different tangent. Um, Nick Perbix, he had a very impressive season. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing what he can keep doing it. You know, it, Based on that sign, I don't think he's going to be, um, you know, some. He's not going to be a Victor Hedman. He's not going to be a Mikhail Sergachev. He's not going to be one of those guys by any means. But if he's a very reliable top four defenseman, then that, you know, that that's a that's a great deal right there.
1: Yeah, I, I think he's going to continue to improve. Only twenty four years old, similar to Brendan Hagel, but uh, the ceiling not necessarily up there with the top guys. But when you have a Sergachev, you have a Hedman, you have your top two already solidified. If you can have Nick Perbix come in, come out of nowhere, really, and just be that sturdy number four, number five on your team, I think I think that's something that you can really look forward to.
0: Absolutely, and don't forget that that's Olympian Nick Perbix. <laughs> that's true. on An Olympic team.
1: All right, biggest letdown. This is an interesting one.
0: Yeah, and you, you could go with a couple guys in this one. Um, and I, I can understand arguments a few ways, but for me, it's, it's too hard not to say Tanner Janelle just based on everything that was given up for him. And I, I know the argument of, you know, like, I agree with the argument of these picks aren't going to help us win, you know, this year or next year, like, if, if we take players in these spots. So, like, we'll go out and get a piece we think can help us win this year or next year. Well, that wasn't Tanner Janelle. He was terrible. He was horrible in the regular season. He was horrible in the playoffs. Like, he was a, he was a game six scratch. Like, he just he didn't bring us anything he really didn't it was incredibly disappointing it makes you think all right if they had those picks maybe they could have went out and got somebody else this offseason maybe they could trade it for somebody else in the regular season maybe they could have given up you know the Ivan Barbashev price for example that would have been a great addition that was cheaper uh, you know th- th- those types of things are all conversations that could be had and probably will be had the only way to kind of silence those conversations is to go out and win a cup next year so Tanner Janot was Definitely disappointing, definitely underwhelming. It'll be kind of interesting to see what happens going into the next year.
1: Yeah, and Tanner Janot, obviously one of the top letdowns for Tampa. Uh, I think another one could be Brian Elliott, obviously. He hasn't been the top backup in the league for you know quite a bit, but this year compared to his prior couple of seasons has been even more of a drop-off. Um, and then I, I hate to say this, I hate to say this, but I think you could make a case for GMJB. And I think that comes with the Tanner Genot trade. I think that comes with uh, other things as well. I, obviously, the Tanner Genot is going to be the big one because you trade a first in 2025, a second in 2024, and then a third, fourth, and fifth in 2023. However, right as the trade goes down, everyone's questioning it. And, um, who's the guy that puts out the cards again?
0: That puts out the cards again. Like, on, oh, on Jay Twitter? Fresh.
1: Yes. So Jay Fresh, he posted Tanner Janot's card and it was in the reds. Like it was not good. And everyone was talking about Tanner Janot, how he had this big breakout season last year, 24 goals, 41 points or 81 games. And they weren't pointing out necessarily points. But the shooting percentage at 19.4%. I don't know what... I'm going to go look at McDavid's shooting percentage right now. But when you see a guy with a shooting percentage that astronomically high, you know it's not repeatable. That's not going to happen again. So uh, it felt like there were some concerns about Tanner Janot as a player that may or may not be able to produce to that level once again. And then to go out and spend that much draft capital instead of looking elsewhere. Uh, I think you could make the argument for that as well.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's fair. And obviously he's not a player, but it, it is definitely a, a fair, um, you know, f- fair point because there are other options to trade for. You could have signed a different backup in the off season instead of Brian Elliott, um, instead of kind of having him stay back. You know, you could have given up, you know, maybe lesser for, for different pieces, as I said. So, I can understand the argument. Um, I still am just going to say Tanner should know the player himself, because even though the price was high, he he still underperformed basically no matter what the price was. You could have given up like a six round pick for him. And it's still like, why did they give up a six round pick for this guy? He's doing nothing. So I'm not even going to say it's it's just JBB. um, Like I can understand the argument.
1: Yeah. Uh, And I just looked up McDavid's numbers. So obviously everyone knows how insane he played this year. 153 points. 64 goals in 82 games. He had an 18.2 shooting percentage. Uh, his career shooting percentage is 15.6. This is a generational player, and he still had 1.2% less than Tanner Janot. When, how old is Tanner Janot now? 25? When he was 24, 25 years old last year, when he had his breakout. Like, that seems a very non repeatable thing just spread off the rep like when when you're looking at the player do I want to go trade for him it does not feel like that stats repeatable
0: yeah and shooting percentage has a very direct correlation to to points even not just goals just the points in general because you're creating rebound opportunities so, you know, you're creating redirection opportunities like those all those types of things um, it, it, it all it all kind of you know plays into it, just like total shots, all all that junk. Um, but when you have a high shooting percentage, it means that more likely you're getting pucks in the net than just getting those rebounds and assists. And having that high of a number, it's really not sustainable. It's kind of like William Carlson's breakout year. I think it was his first year at Vegas. He had like a twenty-two sh- um shooting percentage that year, which like obviously that that's just like that's not happening again mm-hmm. uh, for those types. Of, like those types of players, like a Taylor Chanel player, if you're shooting like 9%, like like 10%, you know, if you're shooting 10% and you have 300 shots, like you're scoring 30 goals. Like, like that, that's, you know, that, that's a real thing. If you're, you know, if you're shooting 10% and you take 200 shots, you're scoring 20 goals. Like that's, that, that's still a very impressive number. So, you know, realistically, like that's about the number that those types of players should be expected to be at. So the drop off, it's not very surprising.
1: Absolutely. All right, well, that's going to do it for the first half of the show. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and on the other side, looking at some of the start to round two as well as the Calder Trophy finalists. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with the DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. If you head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, head over to the NHL and Team Futures There's some pretty good odds going on with three of the biggest favorites in this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs being eliminated early on. We now see the Maple Leafs sitting atop the NHL championship odds. You look at the Oilers next, the Dallas Stars, and Vegas. Those round out your top four. While you have the underdog Seattle Kraken sitting at plus 2,000. Some pretty good odds out there. Make sure to head over, check it out. And place whoever you think is going to win the Stanley Cup. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN. Only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call one 800 gambler In Massachusetts, call 800 327 5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org in new york call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny in kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of boot hill casino and resort 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for offer details See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Let's face it, with coffees starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank account somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. With my student loans catching up to me, I head to Raycon.com. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those more big name tech brands out there. Raycon knows in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options. Right now you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have an easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product production insurance for just a few bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and a flat fee international shipping They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. My three favorite components of the Raycon earbud, the earbuds tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. When I'm in the gym and my partner won't shut up, I just pop those bad boys into noise isolation and go to work. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off by raycon.com slash THPN. Shout out to our friends over at DraftKings and Raycon. Thanks so much for sponsoring the show. Chase, any big bets on the old giraffe book today or the sports book today?
0: Nothing quite yet. Uh, you know, I might make something here as the show winds down, but I don't have anything quite on the docket right now.
1: Okay, okay. That's fair. Uh when we look at round two because that that's I mean that's likely what you'd be betting on because uh, no one cares about you know baseball or, or basketball or any of that. Uh, mm-hmm. But when you're looking at round two, um, let's start with the game ones for each series. You look at Tuesday, you had the Panthers take a 4-2 win over the Maple Leafs, cracking a five4 win over the Dallas Stars and uh, you know there was there's was one player really trying as hard as he can with the stars, but could not pull that out. What'd you think about those two series first games?
0: I, uh, well, I guess I'll start with Florida, Toronto, yeah, Toronto, you suck. You can't let little brother beat you, but <laughs> we're, that, that's all I'm going to say on that one. I, I got to talk about the other one. Could you imagine being like 37, 38 years old? you like, I'm going to, score four goals in this hockey game like like fifteen minutes just for the hell of it and your team's still losing the damn game because you couldn't get an ounce of support, I'd have a meltdown in the locker room. I would make everybody like come up to me and apologize before they left the like the arena that, that night because like that's just that's just crazy. Like you score every goal in a five four loss like like what what else are you supposed to do? You can't do anything else. Like I I would be so fucking angry. Oh, I'd be so pissed.
1: Yeah, and, and you can keep that anger going because when you look at Edmonton versus Vegas, oh, oftentimes we talk about McDavid, Dreisaitl, not getting any help. Well, sure enough, Dreisaitl also posts a four-goal night in Game 1 against Vegas,
0: and again, in a losing effort. Six-four loss this time. He scored all their goals as well. Like, what, like what are we doing here? Like... Come on, <laughs> like I don't even know what to say to this shit, dude. I, I would have an absolute meltdown. Connor McDavid couldn't put one in the net. Like he, he, I know he got some apples, but just put one in the net. Like, I, I try that. You know, n- n- you had hundred points. How about you score a goal every once in a while? Zach Hyman paid you a bunch of money. Go do that. Like, like, oh, I would again be so angry. Make everybody come apologize to me personally. Maybe they got to even find me like hundred bucks or something. Like, just, just make make up for me wanting to punch you in the face
1: <laughs> I love it um what does the morale look like at that point in the locker room when you have one guy that literally does it all and the team loses is there is it is it just quiet from that individual player or how does the locker room look after those type of games
0: so it's a lot different like in a playoff series than, than it is in, you know, writer games. Cause like, you know, for me, I've played um in games where it was similar efforts where, you know, I, I got one in mind where uh, we went to double overtime in, in a game. And I guess, I guess this was actually like, this was an elimination game for a playoff game for us um, back years ago, but went to double overtime in this game. Our goalie had made like 40 saves and, and youth hockey, like it's, it's a lot of saves. You're not, you don't have as much time on the clock. You're not shooting the puck as much as turnovers turnover are you know, sloppy, whatever. And so this guy was just killing it and they ended up scoring a double overtime. We lost the game, like two to one. It's like, okay, I, we, this kid couldn't have done anything else. Like we, we feel terrible. Um, like that sucks. But in the NHL, in a playoff game, when you score four goals, your goalie can't make a save. Your team can't put one in the net. Um, like guys definitely feel bad. Guys understand that, that they lost. They know it's a team loss. and, usually those goal scorers understand that too, especially a guy like Pavelski. He's going to understand that regardless, like it is a team loss no matter what he did. But the other guys absolutely feel bad. It's something that, that they think of. That's like, how could I, how could I have helped Joe out more? How could I helped out Leon more? Like it, it's absolutely thought about um, it's going to, it's a little bit of a different Play of field walk room maybe not drastically different but you know it, it's just how it is after a loss it's a bit somber a bit you know disappointing irritated all, all those types of things but maybe just to kind of like a different notch
1: so these guys that are thinking what could we do more um do they come out the next game with a different fire lit under them or is there just kind of a a passing thought in the sorrow moments
0: oh no 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 you, you don't get to this point like in, in your hockey career, at this, you know, at this like level of the game, like you, you don't get here without being like, all right, it's it's time for me to figure it out, and then going out and and doing something different, something actually next game, because if you're just sitting there being content, like you're you're probably not playing in the NHL in the first place.
1: And then the one game we haven't hit on, the Devils versus the Hurricanes, and yes, the Devils because they were able to pull off a four nothing victory over New York. Uh, what a performance by the young goalie the Devils have over there.
0: Yeah, t- tough game. Like it, there, there was only forty-one total shots on that in this game. Schmid had a tough night. Um, just kind of you know let letting some things he probably shouldn't have ends up kind of getting the yank. Um, you know I, that's really not his fault they lost because still it wasn't just a very well played game by by New Jersey. Like they, they just. They, they just did not deserve to win, um, but still tough for me. It would have been nice to see him, you know, may, maybe nab one or two of those extra kind of keep, keep spirits, you know, um, you know, uh, keep up spirits, kind of give your team a different chance to win, but wasn't meant to be.
1: Yeah. And he's had a fantastic postseason so far. So seeing this type of game out of him, a little bit shocking, but Carolina, we know how dangerous they can be uh, having that shutout against the Rangers though. And Game seven of all games, pressure is on you, only 22 years old. He comes up with 31 saves. Quite the performance out of him to actually get them to this point.
0: Is that the game you were talking about? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no worries. I was, say, like, I was about to say, are you just being mean to the kid? <laughs> like, what the hell is that for?
1: <laughs> oh, no.
0: All right. That makes a lot more. It makes a lot more sense. Yeah, no, he played his ass off in that game. And, you know, it just game one of the next series didn't, didn't go his way. All right. That makes way more sense.
1: <laughs> I was just going to let it go and then text you after the show and be like, uh, by the way, I don't know if you noticed, but yeah, uh, when you're looking at the four games so far, what game pulls you in the most? What game do you want to watch? Like every single one of the series.
0: It's probably Vegas Edmonton for me. That game, I probably enjoyed the most out of anything. It was a five goal first period of start, so it was, it was very exciting. Slowed down obviously throughout the rest of it, but it it was a very very good game. Um, that'll be the series that I'm more tuned into than any of the other ones. I'm, I'm gonna have to guess. I, you know, I, I guess we'll see over time. Maybe one of these other games that, that you know goes on tonight. Maybe maybe Seattle Dallas is, is another another overtime game. Maybe someone other than Chobotowski decides to score a goal. Maybe that one reel me in a bit more, but. Edmonton Vegas, that one so far was the best game um, of the second round. So I'll definitely be tuned into that extra.
1: Yeah. And although not every game was incredibly close, you look at the devils and hurricanes. Uh, when you look at all the upsets that took place in the first round, there could have been some questions on, are some of these series not going to be as exciting? Are some of these series going to be underwhelming? Because you see the likes of the Seattle Kraken and sneaking by the avalanche. Is that series going to be exciting? But I feel like overall, we have four really enticing series that I want to tune into when I can, and some a little bit more than others. I tend to love the high-end skill, so I'm very interested to watch the Devils-Hurricanes because I think both have tremendous players on the front end of their teams. So that's the one I'm tuning into a little bit more, but from a little bit of a questionable state when you saw all the upsets to now seeing every first game play out. I think we got a good round two ahead of us.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I think, you know, pending something like Jurassic, like all these teams come out super flat the rest of the way, I think it's gonna be a great um, second round and the rest of the playoffs. It should be entertaining hockey overall. Cause maybe you know, some of the teams are a lot more high octane offense. Some of them are a little bit more, slower kind of like defense just you know folks on the goaltending step i'm doing a bit more but we're gonna get a pretty good yin and yang throughout the rest of these playoffs, i think and it's going to really make for some exciting hockey so i'm really looking forward to watching the rest of this through
1: all right finally let's look at the calder trophy finalists uh two of the top names obviously in there as well but then we see a goalie
0: yeah, Manny Beniers, um obviously is the one of the top names you mentioned uh, from the Seattle Kraken. The other top name you mentioned, Owen Power from the Buffalo Sabres, and then the goaltender, Stuart Skinner from the Edmonton Oilers. You know, early in the year looked like it might have been, what's-his-face, um, what's, what's his face? Um, Logan Thompson from Vegas, if he was going to be a goalie, but he slowed down, Stuart Skinner continued to play well, kind of took that job from Jack Campbell, who just flopped hard on that contract. But nonetheless, I think this is going to be, a pretty unanimous, many Baneers win. It, it might legitimately be every single vote. If not, it'll be a pretty large swing. Might, might Owen Power get a vote or two? Yeah, does Stuart Skinner get one? Probably not. Like you know, second, third place votes, those type of things, sure. But a first place vote, like I couldn't even rationalize the event anybody other than veneers
1: Yeah, I think we talked about it maybe a couple weeks back, month back, uh, as the regular season was winding down and. Yeah, Maddie is definitely the runaway in my mind as well. Uh wouldn't be shocked, like you mentioned, if Owen Power gets a vote or two. Um, but Maddie Beneers was just that dog this year.
0: Yeah, he was great.
1: All right. Hockey name of the day to end the show. We have Oh, you're Sauce? Oh, I didn't know you were Sauce. And it's a little smiley face, like Among Us.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> We've got Jan. Jan.
0: God, God. I knew you were going to say something stupid. It's specifically the reason I made sure to choose his name, but Jan Seus, Yes, Dane, he's, he is the he's a check forward uh, 24 years old 1999 birthday just turned 24 in January going to play in the second league in check next year um, Bounced between the top and second league this last season as well. So he'll be playing for Barani's Lynn and that you know that that is a check two team as, as I mentioned, but doesn't really have too much history of international play. I played some, you know, U twenty games back in the day, not for the for the world junior team, but just some international play with the U twenty team. Um, probably someone that's not going to get on that level, as you know, there's so many talented players in that Czech league. Um, so maybe a name that you'll see down the road, but odds are this might be the last year of them.
1: That's sauce, bruv. That is sauce.
0: All right, let's just let's get the hey, hell out of here. Hey, by let's... the way,
1: Chase, happy uh, May the Fourth. Be with you.
0: I don't watch Star Wars Cinco de Miles tomorrow.
1: I don't either. All right, that's going to do for the show. Thank you so much for coming out and giving it a listen. Chase, if you would, hit us with an outro.
0: As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. Follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast. At Bolts Broadcast, you can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. It's at HockeyPodNet. While right now, you can follow WNP on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. WNP Sports Pod. Make sure the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the pods in the network right there. Boom. Click the logo. Listen easy-peasy lemon squeezy. Uh, make sure you rate us five stars. Give us a like. Whatever you're doing, questions, comments, concerns. Make sure to let us know. Don't forget to support our friends over at DraftKings Recon.
1: Thanks so much for stopping by. We'll talk to you next time.